0: Hey, everybody, before we start the podcast, we have a special announcement to make. Oh, exciting. What
1: is it? We will be at Anime Dallas 2023. Oh, is that the one that's taking place November 24th to 26th? Yes, the Hyatt Regency in downtown Dallas. Oh, we were just at Anime Houston, and now the fun continues at Anime Dallas. I think this will be our fourth Anime Dallas. Oh, we're good friends of ours. We love being there.
0: Yes, so get your Black Friday deals. Instead of, like, fighting people to the death at Walmart, (laughs) go to all the great vendors they have there at Anime Dallas. The vendors' room is always so much fun, and you can buy stuff for Christmas for people. Come walk off all that turkey day food and Mm -hmm. hang out. Yeah, we'll be bumping fists and causing smiles, doing our panels and come to our table and we will have a whole bunch of fun.
1: Good chance there's probably going to be candy and giveaways too. Yes, we will see you there. Anime Dallas 2023.
0: Please listen carefully. And now... Live from an alternate dimension, it's the Assuming Positions podcast. Featuring two guys whose words aren't synced up with their mouths, Kevin and Mikey. Hey everybody, welcome to the Assuming Positions podcast. Kevin over here. And Mikey over here. And today on the podcast, it is time again, open up the feed. Put the satellite dish towards the northeast. <Jeez fica> w- <hacerlo> it's time for nerd alerts.
1: Li- de- 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 nerd alerts.
0: We head over to Mikey to the nerd lord's de desk to see what he's sussed out of the internet. Absolutely, that, that sounds like
1: that sounds kind of weird. That's a good boggle word sussed out. Yeah, but it's true, and it's been a minute since I've had to present you with uh, stuff. So there yeah, we've been busy, busy, busy. We've been at cons. We've been talking yeah. to people. We've been making mm. friends, yeah. causing smiles. We love it, though. So, uh, a little bit of ketchup on Nerd Alerts, and then mostly mm, Nerd Alerts. Mmm, ketchup. Nerdler- <laughs> mm, ketchup. Yes. What do you my feel heart. about ketchup on hot dogs? Love it. Ketchup is my favorite condiment. Really? hmm mm. I know. It's sacrilege. I think ketchup on hot dogs is for children. I get it. It's not the only way I'll eat a hot dog. I'm not one of those people, like, ketchup or nothing, but it is my preferred way, because mm. I grew up as a kid eating ketchup on hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Time to graduate to Mustard. Mustard, yeah. The Italian beef with dipped in, you know, au jus and peppers. Mm. Sauerkraut I'm still working on, so. Oh. But I'm coming around. I just got to mustard, so, you know, I'm I'm, mm. I'm working on it. Sauerkraut's best on a Reuben, frankly. Yes, I can see that. Mm-hmm. See? Irish corned beef and hash, so I'm kind of halfway there. Yeah. But it must be dinner time because we're getting <laughs> hungry. <laughs> um, but no, here's the fun part. We are actually talking about Nerd Alerts on Halloween. So even though we missed it, I'm wishing you a happy Halloween now. It's delayed. But I uh, can't let the spooky season go by without saying hi to it. <laughs> Even
0: though it's like mid-November now <laughs> by the time you're listening to this, Pretty much. Just We just want to let you know in case you hear like...
1: <laughs> 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 yes, and then scared kids running away because I got the chainsaw right by the door just in case. <laughs>
0: I'm doing sound effects.
1: There you go. Also, I had to do a little bit of a, not a rebuttal, but like a, a, a reaffirmation because we were a little unjust towards horror games on our gamer parent podcast <laughs> chat. And so, you know, I wanted to give horror a fair shake because, you know, we do I like I think
0: we were unjust. We no. were just the Kevins don't like scary things, apparently. I know. That's what we found out.
1: Well, it's, it's not just you, though. And then so we harped on horror stuff. So I was like, OK, I got to, you know, be friendly to it at least a little bit. So for spooky season, a couple little nerd alerts. The trailer for Toxic Avenger has dropped. Uh We talked about the announcement for Toxic Avenger on a Past Nerd Alerts, but now we finally get to see it in action. And the trailer's cool. It doesn't really show too much, but what it does show is the tone of the movie that we're getting, and this Mm -hmm. has me super excited for it. So Halloween-esque in that it's a Toxic Avenger, Mm -hmm. a person turned into a superhero by toxic waste, and it's Peter Dinklage. Yes. Who we get a sneak peek of and looks great in usual Peter Dinklage form, like mm-hmm. no no shenanigans going on like they did in Thor or one of the Avengers or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the trailer has the tone of old Robocop to me.
0: Yeah, I can
1: see that. Just the like almost exploitation film of like, we're just going to, there's going to be gore. There's going to be s- mm-hmm. swearing. There's going to be sex and nudity and all of the usual like mm-hmm. <laughs> parental warning letters you get on there. And it looks like they're having fun with it. When did that
0: Other Toxic Avenger come out. That wasn't there another movie. Once upon a time, mm -hmm. like in the late
1: '80s, early '90s, there was a movie because not only was Toxic Avenger made famous for that movie, but uh, Troma Studios was the studio that put it out, and they became a cult classic name for like you want to watch some terrible, terrible but amazing. Horror, bad horror movies. Yeah. And Toxic Avenger was one of that. It was always a cult classic, but uh, 1984 is Okay. One
0: yeah. Okay. Oh, so it was the early 80s? Mm-hmm. Hmm. I guess I was probably seeing it on cable yeah. in the late 80s. Because like, I had that weird thing where I didn't know how old stuff was.
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah. So you get. Remember,
0: the, I thought the Brady Bunch was just
1: a period piece? Okay. I was dumb. It was, I was a dumb, dumb child. No, that's. Uh, this is on TV now, so it is new. As But one would assume, like. And especially it happening nowadays, like we're, like a new Godzilla movie is coming out, but then you have to be like, wait, is it new Godzilla? Oh, the story's old. So new movie, old story. Yeah. You know, it's even still happening to this day. Mm-hmm. It's like what time period? But yeah, the period in the '80s when uh, horror movies were just going buck wild because like they didn't really care, and comedy movies like yeah. they were just getting away with a whole bunch. So uh, Toxic Avenger is one of them, and the trailer's out, and it just looks awesome. The tone, I think they're nailing it, so it just has me excited for it. Wish it was coming out for Halloween, but it's coming out soon. That's cool. Yeah, because it it only just premiered at Fantastic Fest in September. So Mm -hmm. the public will get it eventually. Eventually. (laughs) In other horror news, friendly horror, fun podcast-related horror, Mm -hmm. there's going to be a sequel coming up, and it's a sequel to Constantine. We're getting Constantine 2 with Keanu Reeves again. Oh. He's back from the first one. So there's people out there that may not remember the first Constantine because it was when they it was around the time of Blade and around the time of yeah. the original X-Men movies when they were yeah. first starting it's to make Some a long Hero. time ago. Yeah, yeah, around your Matrix movies that time frame. Yeah. And did really poorly at the box office. Yeah, i
0: hmm, did I ever see it? I think I saw it. Did I see it? <laughs> Maybe.
1: I don't know. It's hard to tell cuz it's John Wick in, or sorry, it's Keanu Reeves in John Wick uniform, like suit and tie. Right, 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 right. And he's pretty nondescript, and it's mostly the set and scenery you would remember. Mm-hmm. But he does that, like, it has similar tone to a bunch of movies as far as set yeah. and setting goes. Uh, but Constantine is the basically the detective that's stuck between heaven and hell, and he can see souls, any sort of, is wow. like the helper slash detective that can, is doing cases of the world between worlds yeah. to steal from Star Wars.
0: This sounds familiar to
1: me now. A bunch of angels and devils and yeah. Gabriel.
0: Yeah. I think I saw.
1: What year did that come out? The, the original Constantine. I want to say two thousand. But let me get Scotty to confirm real quick. Oh, I was I was close. Two thousand and five. Two thousand five. Yeah. Okay. So early turn of the century. Um. That was a long time ago. If anybody remembers a scene from it, it's the meme of it's not i guess it is Tilda Swinton, but she's playing Gabriel and she's in a bathtub and she gets her way, but she says, Not like this, never like this and people use it as a reaction meme mm-hmm, all the time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um but the original director and Keanu Reeves are coming back for Constantine too, which is good news because To be fair, the first one was a box office bomb. Mm -hmm. Fans loved it, though, and loved it to the extent that it was always still kicking around, and the director and Keanu have confirmed that they're coming back. A script is being worked on as we know it right now, and their intention is to do the hardest R they can get away with.
0: Oh, well, apparently it had legs, as they say. That's it. And then I guess I think Keanu Reeves is that point of Hollywood Mm -hmm. now, of power in Hollywood, where he can just be like,
1: Yeah, I want to do this. And people are like, okay, here's our money. Do it. Yeah. Yeah. And there's also like part of the factor was too, is that Constantine technically comes from the Vertigo imprint. And there was apparently for the last couple of years, the reason we didn't get more Constantine earlier is that because there's been a whole bunch of rights issues. Okay. So it's actually the rights now belong to the director's company. And I guess Keanu Reeves is part of that. So this Mm. is Keanu Reeves saying, I want to do this and making it happen. I want to do this. I want to put on that other suit and tie again. But this time he's fighting <sighs> angels and demons, smoking a cigarette the whole time and just mm-hmm. being cranky counter reads, which I kind of prefer.
0: <laughs> I don't I wonder you talk about the hardest R that you can get. I wonder what the criteria is. They used to have like this many F words and
1: this they used to yeah. have like criteria and then like like PG thirteen can get away with one one swear bomb.
0: Yeah, but then you could also go in there and appeal it. Mm-hmm. And then there were some people who were so powerful in Hollywood that they were able to get stuff pulled down. Yes, and then it's it's like so. There's a rule. But it's like it's like the rules in baseball. There's all these like it's like the in and out burger menu. <laughs> there's well, a, there's like all these secret rules that that don't make any sense.
1: Oh yeah, like unless you unless you encounter them, you don't know they right. exist. Um, But the next level up is NC-17, which is usually in that rating for uh, gratuitous either sex or violence. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's not much of a sexual aspect to Constantine because Mm -hmm. it is heaven and hell and angels and demons. Like, it is involved because there's mythology. But I would imagine that just means that we're going to get some demons and angels, like, causing havoc and tearing some limbs, maybe. Mm -hmm. For the Halloween season, of course. Limb from limb. Maybe we'll get Constantine, too, just in time for next Halloween. Uh, this is a, a sort of a personal for me, just as a recommendation, but we're also getting one more sequel in the horror movie realm, and that is a sequel to the horror movie It Follows. And it's just silly because it, it's just called They Follow. So, oh. like, as a naming convention, hilarious. Tell me about It Follows. What was It Follows about? It Follows was great. It Follows came out in... It's not
0: about a clown who lives in the sewer.
1: <laughs> no. Or killer clowns that come from outer space. It is not those. Oh, that's just It. Yes. We all float down here, Georgie. Hey, Georgie. It came out in 2014, so Mm. old now, but it was sort of, it got a lot of hype when it came out because it sort of came in under the radar. It was one of those like festival successes for horror movies. Mm. But the essential premise is that it follows a a main chick named Jay around and she has a one night stand and a possessive entity that they never outright explain starts to follow her. Oh, and then she tries to get away and it's very suspenseful and thrilling. But what happens is, is that the person that's possessed ends up having more encounters with other people. And that demon goes from body to body. Oh, so she loses track of who's actually after her. What's actually after her. Mm. And it's, it's not very gory. There's maybe one or two jump scares, but it's just very, it's, it's very suspenseful. It's Mm. tension. It's, Mm -hmm. uh, atmosphere. Mm -hmm. And, it's a cool premise that is r- remains vague at the end of the movie. Yeah. And it's almost for the better mm-hmm. because it's not like, oh, it was this all along or, you know, it's like this monster, which people can take or leave. It's just, it's all in your mind. It does a really mm. good job of letting the audience come up with what you think the horror mm-hmm. is and what's going to happen. So, It Follows is the recommendation and then They Follow. I'm curious if they, if they had a third. So, it goes, It Follows, They Follow. Is it We Follow? They're all following. Yeah. I'm curious to see where this naming convention goes because I had no idea that there was going to be more of this. It's a one and done kind of movie, but. It'll be like, it'll be like Zer follow, <laughs> Zim follow. There you go. <laughs> I don't know. It could be Latinx follows. <laughs> all of us follow. We all follow down here. It's just, it, that seems like such a dead end for a series like nomenclature. Yeah. So yeah, funny. Yeah. And then last on the horror gaming, just for this, there is a new game that was announced called World of Horror. Okay. Very generic name. Right. But this game looks fascinating for a horror game because it is one bit pixel art that is all monochromatic. And you're like, one bit pixel. That sounds very simplistic. But um, it was a Polish dentist that used MS Paint to do all the artwork in his free time. (laughs) Polish dentist. Yes. And it looks like the scariest thing I've ever seen. It looks like H.P. Lovecraft mixed with a manga artist named Junji Ito, okay. and he's a weird name. So if you know that name, you know the style of horror you're getting. But um, it's one of those things where it's a it's this guy made it in his free time, and it's mm-hmm. um, it's a story length, it's story driven RPG. It's mostly text based. It's a choose your own adventure, but. From the way I described it to the artwork that you eventually get, you're like, what is happening right now? So Genji Ito is a horror manga artist that deals with a lot of, like, disfiguration and creepy supernatural thing. Mm -hmm. He has a short story about uh, these two people are out hiking and they find holes in the mountain. And they're like, weird, it's shaped like I am, like, to a T. Like, if he stood with his arms out, the hole in the mountain is shaped like this guy's character. So he walks in and disappears. And then, like, the story just gets weirder from that, like, there's a mountain with whole like people shaped holes in it. Mm. And people start going into them like they're possessed. Very Japanese, very metaphorical, but the artwork is beautiful and grotesque, kind of like Chainsaw Man. Oh, and this game is a continuation of that. Um, it's coming out for all consoles at the uh, right now. It just released for Halloween, um, and it's one of those made by one person in their bedroom, it kickstarted. Fans loved it, and now it's coming out on for like major consoles. No, so just as a horror game to give it a shout. It doesn't look like it's going to jump scare you, but it does look very creepy. Text-based games, man. <laughs> like Zork, but this one has like cinem- uh, cinematics and yeah. it's so funny cuz you say one bit pixel, you're like, I you remember make- I remember that transition. I
0: remember cuz I'm so old. I remember the transition from the imagination text-based games, yes, to when they started having like pictures that went along with it. Yeah. And then like slowly it was like then the pictures would then they had like cut scenes. And then then you moved on to actually being able to kind of move around a little bit and slowly but surely we get to Grand Theft Auto. Oh, absolutely. But I've seen that whole evolution from like (laughs) look around the room. You are eaten by a grew. Yeah. Which direction do you turn? N for north. Yeah. W for west. Yeah. Yeah. And you had to sit there with a graph. I remember having graph paper. So you'd make the little map to figure out where you were and where you're going.
1: Yep. This direction dies. This direction also dies. Yeah. I have not found the right direction where I do not die. Mm-hmm. Now, that's what it was about. Uh, this is a little bit further along in the development in that it's one of those ones where you get like scenes and pictures and you get like the dialogue trees and the, yeah. and the choose options. Yeah. So we're talking about like late later 80s. Yeah, yeah. This what is it? Sierra? Who made all the point and clicks? The Monkey Island? Oh,
0: Monkey Island. Yeah, that was um,
1: Sierra Games. I thought there was more. Yeah, to I it. think that was Sierra Games. I think it I just want to was say Sierra, Sierra missed, but no, I th- <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it just was Sierra. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's it looks it's black and white and monochromatic, but it looks like that level mm. of uh, mechanics anyway.
0: Oh, cool.
1: And then more gaming, video gaming, because I've been getting into the old gaming a little bit myself, but. Uh, this is a reboot for Kevin. Actually, not a reboot. A remaster. Sorry, Ooh. let me correct myself. We are getting a remaster of Star Wars Dark Forces. Oh, wow. And it's launching exactly 29 years after the original. Hmm. So weird that it's 29 years, but that means we're getting it February 28th for the Xbox, PlayStation, oh, wow. and Nintendo Switch. Cool. Dark Forces is the game we were talking, we've mentioned previously. It's Kyle Katarn. Yeah. yeah it's a mercenary. He joins the Rebel Alliance covert mm-hmm. ops team. Yeah. And they're they're redoing all the graphics. Um and it's a remaster, so that means that they're uh doing graphics and some like quality of life mechanical mm-hmm. improvements, but essentially the, the quality game that we had earlier.
0: Yeah, that's cool. That's where dark troopers come from, I think. Oh, is uh, that I the one where dark I, troopers come if from? I recall correctly.
1: Yeah. I'd and those excited. are the ones we saw with Gideon, right? So the robot yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah those robo troopers yeah yeah that he that he unleashed one of those Those might be episodes. called shadow troopers oh i get them all mixed up <laughs> dark troopers shadow troopers yeah. shock troopers yeah purge troopers we learned that one last I know. time
0: someone's coming up the stairs right now to take my star wars fan card away because i can't keep them straight <laughs> it's one of those i think that's
1: just a point in the i don't country. know i
0: think i'm getting confused because it's called dark forces so i'm thinking it's dark troopers
1: but that would be on brand for that video game. Yeah. Like, if they're making, like, oh, we're making a Dark Star Wars game. Let's call everything Dark that we can.
0: Let me, I'm going to check because it's driving me crazy.
1: I think you're right because it's on the cover. It's the dude on the cover. See? Dark Forces, Dark Troopers. <laughs> Confirmed. Dark Troopers it is. See? You were right the whole time. I yeah. never doubted you. Well, Dark Forces, Dark. I was just making sure it wasn't throwing me off. <laughs> so nobody has to come up here and take your nerd card. You get to keep it. Yeah. For now.
0: Because all well, the Shadow Troopers are the, the guys wearing black like
1: Stormtrooper uniforms. Yeah, 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 yeah. And just to finish what I was saying earlier, I think it's a point in the favor of Star Wars in that there is so much out there and they're tapping into all the stuff that was extended universe, but mm-hmm. now we're getting so much of it that it's like, oh, there's a lot more to learn and remember now. Mm-hmm. Got to work on that nerd brain and add some more wrinkles. And then just to continue on the gaming tip a little bit, Phil Spencer, the boss at Xbox, recently came out and said, if teams want to go back and revisit some old games, I'm going to be all in for it. Oh. And what he's talking about, not only is that cool just to hear a video game boss being like, backwards compatibility is awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the old properties that we could probably still make money from, we're just going to give you. Yeah. So nice to hear that. But it's also good to hear it because it comes in uh, with the news of Microsoft just acquired Activision Blizzard.
0: Ooh. Ooh, that finally went through, huh? Yes, I knew that was in the
1: uh in the talks. Yep, in the works, in the trades, in the tra- <laughs> in the debates. Yes, yeah. And that was, and it has officially gone through. And so, there's a couple sides to the conversation in that, and some sides say it's a huge gaming monopoly. Yeah, that's, that's the that's one of the concerns. Yeah. Um, and then the other, like. It, the other is that it's a financial windfall for Activision and Blizzard because yeah. a lot of games companies are struggling right now. They are. Just on principle. And so this keeps at least three major competitors' libraries alive? Yeah,
0: and Blizzard's been kind of struggling because they got into some some trouble with uh, their business practices within their, the, the uh, company.
1: Yeah, they were and, like, we're doing this, and everybody's like, no the heck you uh, are yeah, not. Yeah,
0: there's 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 some... Hashtag stuff going on and that yeah it was a mess.
1: It was cool yeah. to see the fan like I mean that's a, that's a powerful force for good or bad yeah. But that was that was a fan rally coming through and being like this is crap. But you know what I'll t-
0: I'll tell you what I remember I'll tell you what <laughs> I just turned like very Texan all of a sudden.
1: Tell me a story, Grandpa.
0: When they bought Minecraft, the company that makes Minecraft, um, Mojang. Yeah, Mojang. The boys and I were pl- were like deep into playing Minecraft, and it was like a concern: like, is Microsoft gonna ruin it? Yeah, because we loved Minecraft so much. And they actually, it actually helped, believe it or not. They like it got way less buggy. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it they started adding some new fun things in there, and you know, we didn't see much of a uh, decline in it at all. I got you. Like I don't have as much problem with Microsoft, even though like I'm kind of an Apple guy and I have use Apple stuff mainly because what well, because we're designers and stuff and that's the world we live in. But yeah. I don't have that Microsoft hate because I really enjoy the Xbox. I really enjoy the Xbox Game Pass. And speaking of backwards compatibility, there's a lot of Game Pass stuff. Yeah, that's 360. Absolutely. App stuff. And some of the some of the 360 games are awesome. Mm-hmm. Like they have um. Crimson Skies on there yeah. that you can play, and that was one of my favorite old OG Xbox games.
1: They, they have a Skate 3 on there on the Game Pass, and that's one of my favorite games, Full Step. Yeah, so they're really good about doing that. I mean,
0: almost to the point that I'm, I've said before, I'm still kind of rolling with the original Xbox One because I haven't <laughs> really had a problem no. uh, with anything. They just seem to keep making stuff work for it. And maybe this Christmas, I'll upgrade. (laughs) I mean, part of the problem was the availability. You couldn't find those refrigerators anywhere.
1: True, and I I don't have a full developed thought for this, but it seems like that console makers are having the same issue that cell phone makers are having right now, where they've, like, run out of innovation road, and it's sort of like, we made the same thing, but it works better. Like, we've made the same thing, but it works better. Yeah. There's rumors that, like, Nintendo has crazy ideas, because Nintendo usually does, but, like, the reason the Xbox One and the S series are like sticking around and it's easy to stick with is cuz like they they're still viable. Like yeah. they haven't really we haven't gone past them too far. Yeah. Like we've gotten a lot of cool stuff, but we haven't made them obsolete yet. So right. I don't know if that's ever going to happen, but it's cool that you can still hang on with the, the the last gen stuff. Yeah, it's it's a cool
0: thing to think about cuz like where is this going and what are we pushing into it and that, yep. it, I think the reason people are leaning so much towards VR isn't because it's trendy I almost think it's cuts its time because it almost seems like the the where you can get with a flat screen is about as good as you can get it oh absolutely at this point I mean for like they said after 4k the human eye can't even discern I believe it any like pass there yeah. like they can go six and eight and whatever they want to do but they say people literally can't tell.
1: Yeah, because I think IMAX is still like 8K. Yeah, like, even for resolution.
0: But so I mean, that makes sense. Maybe that—that's the thing. Maybe you know we're getting into the point where Ready Player One is literally the viable next step. Ooh, give that's it to me. The yeah. only place you can go. I know. Give that to me too. I know that's like it seems like I probably my family will be like, nee, Dad's addicted. And he needs therapy or <laughs> we whatever. dead
1: in three days.
0: <laughs> but I mean, the whole like. I'm suspended in a rig so I can walk around and run around and I'm there. Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine. With tactile feedback. Oh, I can't imagine. I love like Red Dead and, and Fallout and stuff. So I can only imagine. Yeah. I think my heart would be beating so hard. Being you know? in
1: Mass Effect just actually standing on a planet yeah. somewhere. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Hearing the alien bird in the background. So.
0: <laughs> because what I have noticed, I'll tell you this, what I have noticed is what, what they're doing. With this more computing power and stuff. It isn't really graphics anymore. It isn't that kind of stuff. It's yep. just they're making open worlds like even bigger.
1: Yeah. It's all that randomly generated. Yeah. Like, and modularly it's like, it's generated so stuff.
0: like it's so, it can get so crazy now just because th- that's what it is now. So the worlds are getting bigger and bigger. They're
1: expanding infinitely. It is all simulation, Mikey. Oh, no. Singularity is happening. (laughs) But uh, you did remind me, like, I I blanked on VR being a branch off that innovation road for console makers. So maybe that is it. I I have a hard time not seeing it as, like, 3D, as a gimmick. Like, they keep trying 3D, and 3D comes and goes and comes and goes in different forms, like TV movies. VR strikes me like that. But if they get it right and it's a user thing, that may be where we game next. Yeah. That'd be cool. So Phil Spencer is totally on board. I mean, you said it with Game Pass, and I think that made me realize that I think Xbox was the first of the companies to be sort of cool about backwards compatibility. Mm -hmm, I think they were sort of the first ones to be like, yeah, this is fine.
0: I mean, that's why I'm going to get, if I get a new Xbox, I'm going to get the X, the big refrigerator one, because that has a DVD thing in it. And I still have a whole bunch of a library of
1: discs. I believe it. Well, and then you won't need the disc this time, because also, according with, To Phil Spencer just saying, like, we want to go back and revisit some of those old games. They had huge success with a Quake 2 remaster. Mm -hmm. He did, like, he and his team personally. And they had so much fun doing it that now that's, like an active thing they want to pursue is to actually go back to old games that were loved but not mechanically good right? and polish them up yeah. and add them to Game Pass. And so not do it as a, he's. Uh, let me get his quote right. Uh, I want to make sure that when we go back and visit something that we do it with our own complete ability, not just create something for financial gain and not deliver. Mm-hmm. So whether that's uh, sweet nothings, yeah. I, I might be, but with yeah, the experience mm-hmm. of Game Pass and their track record, I think we're getting a whole bunch of the library of Activision Blizzard. Oh, wow. There's so many Activision games I loved. Exactly. Yeah. So, like, go look, just go search the catalogs of those two companies, and most of those may be coming back to the Game Pass.
0: I mean, that Activision logo showed up on screens from, from <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. much for me. Yep. They made a lot of good games. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Activision and Capcom were big players. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, if you saw Capcom first, that was almost like, here comes a quality game. Yeah. And then at a certain point, you were like, wait, this is bad. And it has Capcom on it. Oh, no. Nah. Not for a long time, though. Well, I'll keep on the bummer tip just a little bit. Uh Uh-oh. But it's gaming as well. So Bethesda is also in the news because their senior designer, Bruce Nesmith, was Mm. interviewed just about Bethesda, sort of their gaming history within the last couple of years. Uh, because they are back, you know, always wondering when the next Elder Scrolls is going to be, yeah, when the yeah, next yeah. Fallout is. Yeah. But the interesting thing he had to say is that Bethesda, he said the era of the company was sort of were infallible and in, invincible mm-hmm. because of success of the Fallout games. Mm-hmm. Fallout 3 and 4 and Skyrim and Elder Scrolls, that it was Fallout 76's launch and sort of disastrous launch yeah. that caused the reality check for him and the company. And it's just interesting because he says uh, it was almost hubris in that we had the thought of it's going to be the same as Fallout. All we have to do is add multiplayer. And with those words, we started down a path that was not as successful as we had before because it was not just adding multiplayer. It turns out it was adding so, 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 so much more. And that's a direct Mm -hmm. quote. And it's funny because they were like, that really would have been like an out-of-the-park home run for Bethesda, like Fallout and make everybody be able to play it together. It's like, oh yeah, you can do that. And then you're like, oh wait, it's actually a challenge. So it's interesting to hear that like they just underestimated it and that's what we got. To be fair, the article and real life has shown that um, Fallout 76 has undergone somewhat of a transformation because they've gone back to support it and fix it and add updates and stuff. But it was just, it's interesting that that was the turning point for Bethesda, really. It was like, oh, Fallout 76, it's just simple, we'll add multiplayer. And then it was a, almost a massive turnaround. It was almost a, a bankruptcy for, it for was, Bethesda. Yeah. And then the end of the interview was, has a little tidbit that says this As for the next single player Fallout game, fans will be waiting a while. Howard has confirmed Fallout 5 won't arrive until after Elder Scrolls 6. Which isn't due until twenty twenty eight at the earliest. Oh my gosh! That development timeline would put Fallout Five as a game launching in the early twenty thirties. I, I I know that's just hedging bets and putting like they have to have something out there.
0: I'll be like sixty. Yeah.
1: Oh, it's it it's funny that it's that much development time between games. I mean, they make quality product, but you're like twenty twenty eight. Like, why why even say it at that point? I mean, it's true. Yeah. But I say all that so I can re- reaffirm you and cheer you up with this news. We're getting the Fallout TV series. We've mentioned that. Oh, yeah, yeah. But we are officially now know when we are getting it. Oh. April twelfth,
0: 2024. Cool.
1: A couple months from now, mm. uh, on Twitter slash X slash whatever it is now, they posted a just a little teaser trailer of a pit boy and he's at the computer console and he puts a thumbs up and he types out the date. He puts another thumbs up. So we don't get to see like any of the actual show yet so far, but we get Fallout is mm. immediately coming. I'm just excited because
0: we found out that Evil Ted's working in the prop room. Yeah.
1: yeah. We, you found out that his name yeah. is going to be on it, and that, yeah. that's super cool because not only is Fallout awesome, but Evil Ted is super cool. He's
0: not only super cool, he's super talented, and if, if he's, I don't know where he is in the hierarchy of the prop department, but just the fact that he's there is going to make the stuff quality.
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah. Also, I would imagine they're going to give him at least the higher end of the the status spectrum mm-hmm. because of his experience. Yeah. Like you, you listen to the stories he tells at his panels and mm-hmm. stuff about the people that he's worked with and the people that he's learned from. Mm-hmm. I would imagine he's now sort of that role. It's like, here's the tricks that I learned and we're going to.
0: And just seeing the stuff he's doing for cosplay on his show and everything. Yeah. I mean, the, the he really he went down a Warhammer 40,000 route and the stuff like <laughs> it's the most realistic. Like he he made a Sisters of Battle, I think for his daughter, his, his adult daughter. Yeah, and uh, I mean it looks like you took the model. From the game and put Embiggen on it.
1: I mean, it's so accurate. You used your transmogrifier gun and just boop boop. Yeah, boop. I mean, it's so accurate. That's awesome. It's really cool. Oh, he does good work and yeah. that's uh, you can go see him and learn how to make good work on his channel. Yep. And it, so yeah, he's working on Fallout and we're getting Fallout in April. Uh, but just a refresh, so uh, the show is set in future post apocalyptic Los Angeles. Ooh. And the word Fallout is based on the Fallout shelter. Uh, the series will be an original story based on Fallout and its property and will be canon with the game property, but won't be a story that we've been given already. Okay, cool. So it won't be pieces and parts of any of the games. It will be its own original thing.
0: And that's what the games are always anyway. So. It's true.
1: Like they do, they're really smart or they're really clever about making references and like Easter eggs, you know, mm-hmm. to tie stuff together because they love doing that. Uh, but yeah, each thing is, it's independent. We'll get that fun double bear California flag. <laughs> And, oh, hopefully this makes more cosplay happen, because we saw that one group. Oh,
0: yeah, Anime Fest? Yeah. That was awesome. They were great. They were like a whole, like, troop of, of survivors. A
1: whole battalion. Yeah, it was great. A whole shelter full. hmm But there's also so many great people involved. We're getting Ella Purnell, who is killing it in Yellow Jackets right now. Walton Goggins, uh, mm-hmm. character actor favorite. Mm-hmm. Uh, Moses Arias, Kyle McLaughlin, Sarita Kudry, uh, Leslie Uggams from Deadpool. <sighs> You know what I love about these names mm-hmm. is there's no
0: stunt casting here. They're no. just getting good mm-hmm. actors.
1: Johnny Pemberton, who is a, a stand-up comedian, right? But he, when he's in something, he commits.
0: I, I, I just uh, we preach it all the time. I mean, uh, we get it. We get the like we we've said a million times. There used to be Errol Flynn movies, and people would be like, "I'm going to go see the new Errol Flynn movie," and they didn't care what it was about. They just cared that Errol Flynn was in it. And We know that. Tom Cruise is a guy like that. Keanu Reeves is a guy like that. We get it. Yeah. But there's something to be said about a casting director who's just like, no, I'm going to find actors who fit these roles really well. Yeah. And I don't care what their name is on the marquee. Now, it might be budgetary reasons sometimes, but I I mean, I think that's better in a lot of ways. No one knew who any of the people in Star Wars were. Oh, no. When they first made it. That's it. And I think that's how you get stuff like that.
1: And for like we were saying, we said this a couple episodes ago. But like when you're doing speculative fiction and you're in a new world, it it almost distracting. Like I guess this, I get how the studios are like, we need a familiar face because this is a new property, right? But it almost works better the other way. Like right. it's a whole new world, whole new thing to learn. Absolutely, put new people in there to learn too.
0: And what happened to Hollywood's? Like they used to love to be star makers.
1: Oh, absolutely, that used to be their thing. Fresh face coming at yeah, you. Yeah, we're gonna make you a star, kid. You Mar- know, Mark Hamill in the new Space Opera. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> whatever happened to that? It doesn't seem like they want to do that anymore. It seems like they just want to like go with you know they're literally youngifying these old actors and jamming them in stuff.
1: I, I, my brain got stuck on and I think this is now an old way still but it, I, it, at some point it transitioned to like the Disney kid method like we're going to start them on the, the Disney TV we're going to start them mm-hmm. on the young TV and then they get propelled to start them through that machine mm-hmm. whether it be music or a movie which I don't think is as true now because now it's all like TikTok and stuff but mm-hmm. I don't know. It used to be like, yeah, and in introducing. Blah, yeah, blah, right. Blah. Yeah. It yeah. was. Hey, it would literally say, in introducing.
0: Yeah, Yeah, man. I, I don't know. It just seemed like too stuff. too much was, of a risk now. Yeah. And they're just afraid to take risks. I understand, like, youngifying people for like roles they played that they're a little old for now, like the Indiana Jones thing. Yeah. yeah. I get that, but they're doing it just to do it. Yeah. They're doing it. It's just, it's like, no, there used to be a time when you would like, hire some awesome young actor who had similar chops to this great old actor, Mm -hmm. and he would play the young version of him. Yeah, yeah. Or
1: her, either way. (laughs) So, I don't know. I just, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It it, kind of seems what's happening. I wish I knew his name. Is sort of hurt my point a little bit, but the Austin guy that played Elvis in the new Elvis, like, he got a whole career just of how good he did at an impersonation. Right. So, it's still kind of happening, but, yeah, yeah. Then he had to go give an interview. He's like, I don't know how to not talk like Elvis because I talked for Elvis for so long. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <Let's get> this. <laughs> this actually relates to a debate we've had before and what we're kind of talking about right now. A uh, uh, different nerd alert, though. So Hayao Miyazaki's latest film is oh, yeah. due for public consumption because it, it just it premiered in September for festivals. But it's The Boy and the Heron, and it's opening in North America on December 8th. Ooh! But with that, I thought. yeah, with that, we get the announcement of the voice casting for the American cast. Oh, we've had the debate before of faces versus names when it comes right. to voice acting. So, for the boy and the heron, we get Christian Bale, Gemma Chan, Mark Hamill, and Florence Pugh are the names that lead off the the, the headline.
0: I hear one voice one voice actor name in there.
1: <laughs> yep.
0: Mark Hamill, yeah,
1: <laughs> and he even then it's a celebrity voice actor. Yeah,
0: but he he's I, I he's proved himself.
1: Yep. Uh, to give the full list, we've got Christian Bale, Dave Batista, Jimmy Chan, Willem Dafoe, Karen Fukuhara, Mark Hamill, Robert Pattinson, Florence Pugh. And there's other, a couple other bit parts, but those are the main cast. You don't need to do that, man. <laughs> I don't think
0: you need to do that. If I think at this point, I think I understand when they did it on those earlier ones that were coming around in the 2000s and stuff yep. when they did that casting. Because I don't think everyone knew what Miyazaki was. or But I think Miyazaki is so big now, I think that you can just be like, here's a Miyazaki
1: movie. I got you. And
0: who cares who's doing the voices? Yep.
1: They did go the Hollywood route. And they yes. have been poo. Um, I... <laughs> But here, here's here's the uh, assumptions. Mikey's two cents on it.
0: Yeah, um, we're the positivity podcast. Let's put the positive spin on it. That's it. But I mean, the thing is, we know so many voice actors who are so talented and who aren't like these marquee names that oh, would be so good in
1: roles like this. And to like, there is the fact that this uh, and potentially they have so much
0: experience doing voice acting for anime. But whatever. Okay. Oh,
1: and Miyazaki would be like bucket list, yeah. dream come true. Yeah. To be fair to the fact that it is a Hollywood voice cast, I think they also went with, like, they still tried to keep in mind, like, fitting for people that can add to the voice rather than, like, this is a name that we can put in here. Because there really are no, like, marquee names. Uh, Christian Bale is huge, but Christian Bale, this is also his third Miyazaki movie. They were casting him before he ever did Batman. And I think it's because Miyazaki has a crush on his voice because Christian Bale has that like the the suave, charming, uh-huh. mysterious man in Japan anime, Japanese anime. Like he has that voice. So I think he was sort of like he's been involved in those projects multiple times because there's a good working relationship there. And it just happens to be the fact that he's also Batman. Mm uh-huh. And like Mark Hamill, yes, is a celebrity, but like you were saying, he's the voice actor. Yeah, he's been the Joker. Yeah, this is them. Like they use Patrick Stewart for a couple of Miyazaki movies, and so that was the sort of the thing. Like Patrick Stewart is John Luke Picard, but he's also Shakespearean and he has yeah theatrical training. You know, there's a he understands craft.
0: Yeah, I understand, but when you're when you're when you start naming names that you'd see in Us Weekly, <laughs> I start going like ah. If AC Slater's talking about you a lot of the time, <laughs> oh Mario Lopez, then I yeah I think that you're a you're a marquee name. Fair enough. And you said some of the ones that I've heard AC
1: Slater talk about. <laughs> that is true. I, I was just pointing out that it do seem like at least they're uh, trying to respect a little bit of the craft makers in there. But...
0: I love you, Mario Lopez. I know that's your <laughs> real name. <laughs>
1: But oh, more Miyazaki coming December
0: eighth. And I love it. I, you told us about this on Nerd Alerts a long time ago that mm-hmm. you know he was like he was like I'm retired. I'm not doing anything anymore. And then he's like, oh, I have this one story I have
1: to tell. This is it. I and love it. rumor is that this is his official final final answer, like last Miyazaki I, work.
0: I, I hope he keeps. I hope he keeps rolling stoning us. Yeah. Oh, I got one more story. This Just is, kidding. or Elton joining us, or get, name any of those. Those bands slash music artists that have had their farewell tour like three or four times already.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's our final farewell tour. I think it was like the Talking Heads or maybe it was Genesis. They used to just name all their tours like this is the the China Moscow 84 tour. And it was like they were taking place in like 92. They were just like it's the most random tour. And I could
0: swear wasn't it wasn't like 20 years ago that the Rolling Stones had like the steel wheelchair tour. Yeah. Yeah. Making fun of how old they were. Yep. And they're still they're still, they're still, doing it. They
1: still need a paycheck, man. Yeah. They got to get people to sign up for their tax services, too, because apparently mm-hmm. they signed people up for their tax service when they put on a concert. What? <laughs> the The Rolling Stones are all very good, very suave businessmen. They have a tax service? I think so. Like H&R mm-hmm. Block? Some, something like that. <laughs> okay. How's this for a scandalous headline? Oh. Disney Plus is stepping away from Marvel limited series TV shows. Oh. Stop stepping away from Marvel series TV shows. Oh, now that is a little bit of a scandal, a little bit of a clickbait because they're stepping away from limited series because they want to focus on multi season, full length, uh, long developing oh. shows. Oh. I think this is kind of adjustment for instead of canceling stuff, we're just going to be picky about what we put out. Yeah. But it's also one of the guys that they say they're going to be putting out stuff that they want to continue and have. Well, let me get their words right. Uh, They're planning to produce multi-season serialized TV shows with the intention of having them run several seasons in order to provide enough runway for long-term character and narrative development. Oh. Actually said in, like, it's on paper, documented. Wow. Wow. So we can that's, call them liars when they don't do it. No, just was did. that
0: in like the, the Writers Guild deal or something?
1: Uh, this is re, uh, reporting on Hollywood Reporter. Yeah, I'm just rep- saying. Because yeah. they, they, oh, they, yeah.
0: they came to a deal with the Writers Guild, right? Mm-hmm. There's a deal there. Is SAG-AFTRA
1: still on strike as of Halloween? Yes. 2023? As of Halloween, SAG is still going, yeah. but WGA came to terms. Right. Okay.
0: Yeah. So it's that's why it's, I don't know, it's it's suspect to me that <laughs> they come to terms with writers and then they're like, here's this thing about writing that we, you know, (laughs) yeah.
1: so I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Who knows? Or or maybe it's them being like, okay, we're paying you writers, but guess what? Now you're staying around forever. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) You can't go anywhere. It's like, oh, you want contracts? You're getting a contract. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, Maybe. Who knows? That'd be hilarious. Better for us. Uh, but I bring it up because it is cool to hear to see that, like, the sort of the short attention span, throwing stuff at the wall, see what sticks method, they've, they're they realizing it doesn't work. Yeah. And they're sort of course correcting for in our favor in that we're getting more developmental series. Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, I always, th- yeah, I always like series. Uh, that's how uh, we grew up, right? We grew up with season after season of popular thing. That's it. And you'd get to, like, really... I mean, that's how you get merch and T-shirts and the crazy stuff like, like that. I mean, like how, how Stranger Things has because that is what Stranger Things was yep. or, or, and is. Um, but you think about when we were kids, you think about like all the A-team stuff mm-hmm. and just even like Golden Girls and like there's there's all these things that you you get to know the characters so much. They become such a fixture in the culture and, Absolutely. and the zeitgeist and in your life even that you're gonna wear a shirt that has Fonzie on it, you know, and so it, it's it's like the when you do a limited series like that, it's what you know, a few people see it and then it comes an inside thing, and I yeah. guess that's cool. But because I, <laughs> I remember
1: having a Fonzie shirt and people thought it was cool, there you go. Because Fonzie's is cool, <laughs> yeah, until that one time he did something with a shark on it, just, <laughs> just kidding, he jumped on, he jumped over a shark with skis, it was amazing, but. Go ahead and jump in the shark. That that was the thing with Marvel. is apparently like sequels to thing, when you go and look at it as far as TV is concerned, hasn't really happened a whole bunch. Mm-hmm. The first official one we just got, and that's Loki season two.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most
1: other Marvel stuff has been one and done. Your, yeah. your, your Agatha, the Darkhold Diaries, you know, mm-hmm. that is a continuation of WandaVision, but even then they exist independently of right. each other. So Marvel hasn't been really big about, they've been really big on like, this is a limited thing. Like uh, we assumed a test the waters, but now they're like, okay, here comes some multi-season stuff, which I'm all for because I want some characters to get invested in. It's the whole point of a good series rather mm-hmm. than just a one-off movie. Mm-hmm. Make it a movie. But make it short because here's the funny that we're going to go out on. Uh, oh. According to director Alexander Payne, one of my favorites, he's the director of Sideways, An Election. Okay. Um, yep. Uh, he says that movies are too damn long these days. I'm not drinking
0: any Low. Oh,
1: that was Sideways, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. He says, movies are too damn long. You want your movie to be as short as possible. Mm-hmm. And all I got to say is, kudos to you, Alexander Payne. You are exactly right.
0: Are you listening, Scorsese? That is, Empire of the Summer Moon is what,
1: three and a half hours? That's it. People and, are complaining that they like can't sit through it. So I think the reason that they're getting Alexander Payne's uh, quote and hot take is because Scorsese's in the in the news with Killers of the Flower Moon uh, being three hours and twenty eight minutes. Yeah. Some theaters actually went as so far as to institute an intermission. Yeah, that's what you and have got to in do. Trouble for it. <sighs> Scorsese says it's a piece of art and it's intended to be that long. You go to plays and you watch actors for three hours. You go to concerts no, you don't. and you plays watch- have intermissions. This is Scorsese. Scorsese says you go to plays, you go to you go to festivals for music concerts. You sit in front of your TV for 5 hours at a time. You can't watch a 3-hour okay, no, movie? Uh-uh, no. You can
0: Where's <laughs> I love Scorsese's stuff, yeah. but how out of touch is that? I mean, you can pause the stuff in your house. Exactly. The, the bands only do, like, what, 12, 10, 12 songs, yep. and then the next band comes out, so you have time to go to the bathroom there. Yep. They'll also do some slow song, too, so you can go to the bathroom or you know, get another it's drink. It's refill time, yeah. Yeah. Um, and intermissions are like a classic movie thing. Let's go out to the lobby and get ourselves a snack. Boo! Mm-hmm. Right? That's I mean, it. that's... I mean, I even remember... I remember in the... VHS days, the blockbuster days. I remember my parents getting Gone with the Wind. Yeah. And it had the intermission in it. Like, the intermission that originally was in it was in it. Yeah, because also you had to change tapes with the tape out. But the intermission was was there. there, Yeah. Yeah. It was in the film reel. Yeah. And that's Gone with the Wind. That's considered one of, like, you know, when you think of a golden age Hollywood movie, Gone with the Wind. And that had an intermission in it. So there's really no excuse not to know how to work an intermission into a movie because it was being done in the
1: 30s. And, and like it's also purely a business standpoint. If you have a movie that shows that long, they can only do so many screenings of it, which means the theater suffers. Right. So got to give the chance for the theater to make and money. And
0: the theaters are struggling so much too right now. People aren't wanting to go. That's it. So it does make sense if you're gonna punch out ninety-minute things. <laughs> it's the, I mean, and so many good movies are like, look up right now, Back to the Future. How long's Back to the Future's runtime? <laughs> Scott, look that up and send that to us on the chat because Back to the Future is considered by many, many people, even Tarantino, who is like says seventies movies are better, admits that it's like the perfect movie.
1: There you go. Uh, this just in, It Back to the Future has a runtime of 116 minutes, so under the two-hour mark. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. An hour and 44 minutes. Yeah, yeah. an hour and 44 minutes.
0: Yeah. That's perfect.
1: No, perfect is 90. It is 90. Oops, yes, but I mean... <laughs> yeah. No, I just had to give you crap because that's my bit. Yeah, I know you like the 90s. but Me and Alexander Payne both like the 90-minute movie. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, you got you to gotta put an intermission in there. Yeah. No, I'm with you, and... I, yeah. Especially at my age now, I can't hold it.
1: <laughs> I'd fun. have to
0: like, like when I found that out, like I really want to see the movie because it's, uh, it. I like Scorsese stuff. I like the subject matter. It seems, it does seem like it's uh, his magnum opus. Yes. And I want to see it. But when I heard it was that long, I was like, I'm going to have to like not drink any, I'm going to have to watch that movie dehydrated.
1: Or miss something. Yeah. Or miss something. And that's, uh, that's weird that it's a consideration, but it is. Yeah. And it's also funny. I'll get back to uh, Alexander Payne has one more point, but there's also the meme going around. Like, I'm with it. I would never go to an eight hour movie, but there have been TV shows where it's like, you want to watch another episode, and it's like six episodes later. You're like, yeah. holy crap. But you're in your house. And I'm pausing and I'm going to the bathroom. Yeah. yeah. So that doesn't so But it is funny. It's like, what if we broke it up into hour chunks? It's like, okay, yeah, I'll watch all eight of them at once. Crap. Uh, yeah. But Alexander Payne does go on to justify it. He's, it seems like he's one of our, he's a mensch like us. He says, uh, he adds, if your movie is three and a half hours, at least let it be shortest possible version of a three and a half hour movie. Like The Godfather Part Two and Seven Samurai are super tight three and a half hour movies and they go by like that. So there really is no like yeah. perfect length for a movie. Just make it as efficient as possible. Right. Is so, this
0: movie not efficient?
1: I haven't seen it. I have not seen it. I've heard reports, good and bad for both of mm, it. Okay. Um, but it is the hot new thing. And for me with movies, I like to get the, the three month, six month window on a movie yeah. rather than the weekend reaction to it. Wasn't a Oppenheimer super long too? Oppenheimer is super long. Yeah. But IMAX is more of a spectacle so I, I would imagine that has the more like I'm going to an event feel rather than I'm going to a mm. movie.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: Well, you know. Or maybe people just like staring at Cillian Murphy for three hours rather than Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> I do. I like Cillian Murphy better. Yeah. Well, Florence Pugh's running around there too, right? <laughs> That's true. Uh, <laughs> so yeah make your movie shorter another support for the 90 minute Mikey team yeah
0: <laughs> oh wow that was, that was some good uh, nerd alerts a lot of uh, I hope everyone's still feeling a little spooky because we had to cover some old spooky stuff left over from October that's it um, But
1: and then next time we'll probably be all holiday themed but we'll see how it goes
0: Yeah, because uh, we're about to get busy again because we're going to be at Anime Dallas as you heard at the front of this podcast so exciting Thank you, Mikey, for the nerd alert. Shut that feed down, Mikey.
1: Ooh. Ooh. Oh, oh. Why was I created?
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Our, Our feed <laughs> robot is uh, sad. <laughs> I know. Oh, he just watched Empire of the Flower, Summer Moon.
1: Why do I say Empire of the Flower Moon? Because Empire of the Sun was not Scorsese. That was Spielberg. Empire of the long, Sun. Yeah. Was Christian Bale yeah. as a child. Yeah. That's a good movie. It was, because Christian Bale's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. He's a a master of the craft. (laughs) But no, Killers of the Flower Moon. Go to the bathroom. Take out your bladder. (laughs) Take out your bladder. (laughs) Or go see two other movies instead. Oh, snap. Oh.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Well, thanks a lot, Mikey. We also yeah. want to thank you guys so much for listening. You're the best positrons ever. We want to know what you guys think about um, what's going on in the nerd world: video games, movies, or yeah. are this three hours too long? Um, should uh, it be like a limited series, or should everything be a, a multi-season series? That's it.
1: I know you. I know you extended version of the Lord of the Rings kids are out there. Let's yeah. Go.
0: Oh, I've, I've done that
1: though. That was, see? That's, that's eighteen
0: hours. Yeah. With breaks though you didn't do that in a the movie theater. That's true I did not do that in a movie. Yet. Uh, <laughs> Take that Scorsese. Uh, Scorsese. <laughs> uh you guys can uh, write to us assuming positions at gmail.com. com.
1: Hey Mikey, how do you want me to format it? <laughs> No spectacle this time. Okay, fine. If that's how it's going to be, plain text. Just give me that hot opinion straight up. <laughs> give it to me neat. Not on the rocks. Not not censored. Unfiltered rods. Be like, this is terrible.
0: Or this is amazing. Uh, you can also uh, hit us up on all our social medias, <laughs> at assuming Pod. this Facebook, Instagram, X, Twitter, whatever the heck Elon's calling it today. Yes. We're on Threads, too, with some other random people. Threads reminds me of Fallout.
1: the last holdout it just seems like like, you just go
0: on there there's like random people not everyone's there you're like some people are there you're like oh you survived I don't know it's just it's an interesting place. Some guy uh, on
1: there is posting about the squirrels that he found. Uh,
0: but just look for at assuming pod on all the socials. Yes. Um, we are there. If you guys want to support what we're doing, you can buy us a coffee, uh, buy me slash assuming pod. That is our tip jar. We really appreciate you sticking things in the tip jar.
1: Yeah. It's coins for a cuppa. Yeah. Coins for a cuppa, cuppa. Uh,
0: <laughs> Uh, you guys are the best positrons that ever were we thank you guys so much we also thank that guy brad for doing our announcing not scott productions for our equipment jazz for music we hope you guys have a great rest of your week we will see you at anime Dallas. yeah Bye. adios amigos